Prophecy Club. Today's topic is the first seven chapters of Daniel. Actually, replay in the first seven years or the seven years of the tribulation. The seven chapters, the first seven chapters of Daniel replay in the tribulation, the seven years of the tribulation. Now, you're looking here in the background of some of the 37 different DVDs that I have made through the years. They say that the recipe for success is tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. Well, that's the recipe I'm going to follow here. So here's what I'm going to tell you in this DVD. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, in the days of Daniel, will once again arise from the bottomless pit and become the Antichrist. Point two is, the first seven chapters of Daniel are actually a prophecy, a prophecy and an overview that plays in the last seven years of the tribulation. So here's the overview. Here's what I'm going to show you. In Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Iraq, or Babylon, rules over Jerusalem. In the last days, once again, the Antichrist is in Israel, and the people of Israel will accept the Antichrist as a Messiah once again, the same guy will reign in Jerusalem once again. History repeats itself, and in this case, prophecy repeats itself. I'll explain that. Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream of a great statue. In the last days, the Antichrist will say to them that dwell in the earth, actually this false prophet, that they should make an image to the beast. Nebuchadnezzar made a golden image and required all to worship it or be killed. In the last days, the image of the beast will speak and require all that would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Nebuchadnezzar was warned to repent, but he refused and was given a beast's heart for seven years. Likewise, the Antichrist is a resurrected Nebuchadnezzar having the beast's heart for seven years. I'll show you. I'll prove it to you in Scripture. The kingdom is taken away from one king and given to another king in Daniel chapter 5. Well, in the last days, Lucifer takes away the kingdom from the beast or Nebuchadnezzar and he possesses the body of the beast from the pit and becomes the Antichrist to sit on the Ark of the Covenant so that he can receive the worship of the entire world. In Daniel chapter 6, it talks about the worship of the true God is being prohibited and punished by death. And in the last days, once again, worship of the true God is prohibited. And once again, anyone that refuses to worship the beast is killed. In Daniel chapter 7, it says that the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Sure enough, in the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation, the beast and the false prophet are cast alive into the lake of fire and brimstone, and the saints are given the kingdom and shall reign forever and ever. So, here it goes. Before we start, though, since a lot of this is opinion, you may be saying, yeah, well, who are you? Because we have a lot of new listeners on uh, YouTube. You may be saying, well, who are you? Why should I listen to you teach Bible prophecy? So I'll answer that question. I've been studying prophecy about 40 years, teaching it 30 years, doing a daily radio and sometimes TV program on it. For 25 years, I've hosted 160 speakers. We used to put them on speaking tours. At one time, we held speaking tours all across America, about 40 cities every month. About 5,000 people a month were attending our meetings. And in that process, we've made about 336 DVDs. You can watch them at WatchProphecyClub.com. Personally, I've recorded 37 DVDs. This is only a partial list of some of them. I think this is 22 of the 37 that I've recorded 
again, available at WatchProphecyClub.com or the DVDs for purchase at ProphecyClub.com. Now, the reason I think that this is interesting and helps me to earn the right to talk about this today is a couple of years ago, I memorized the book of Revelation. It took me about a year to do. My wife and I also founded the Spirit of Prophecy Church, and I'm also president and CEO of the Prophetic Oil Company, which has the vision to go and drill and find and present oil to Israel. This is some of my hen scratching where I actually wrote out the book of Revelation. This is part of my study notes. Here are some other study notes, and which, by the way, if you're going to memorize scriptures, I recommend you get a spiral ring notebook just like this and write it out for lots of reasons. But I've covered that another time, so we'll move along. So when it comes to Bible prophecy, who am I? Well, 1127 of 2016, I began memorizing the book of Revelation. Now, frankly, I'm just being honest about it. I've been doing this a long time. I didn't know that I was necessarily going to learn a whole lot. But to my shocking surprise, I learned a whole lot. Something started happening. I started getting revelations that I had never received before. Matter of fact, over 30 revelations. Now, when I say revelation, I mean information that's not ink on paper. A deeper understanding by the Spirit. God began to show me things. Over 30 revelations and also two visions. One of them is to write a book, and one of them is about the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. Now, I expect this book, and that's the name of it, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, to come out in early 2019, so you want to probably be watching for it. Some of the things that you will get out of the book, you will be able to understand Bible prophecy much better. And I will say this from everyone I've talked to, no one on the globe has the information in this book. And to be frank about it, two years ago when I started memorizing Revelation, I didn't know one thing that is in this book. Not one. Even though I spent a lifetime of Bible prophecy, I didn't know any of it. So this is all new information to me, and I'm going to say it's all new information to you. You don't have the information in this book. I'm going to cover prophecies in the face of the Lord like you've never heard before. What is the morning star? Who are the two witnesses? Because they're not Enoch and Elijah. Who are the nations? What is the shout? The bridegroom cometh. And the greatest misunderstanding in Revelation that throws a lot of people off. For you to understand this, you have to understand that you can't break a rule in the Bible. And here's one of the rules. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, very important. You want to understand this, you've got to get this rule. The thing that hath been is that which shall be. And that which was done is that which shall be done. And there's no new thing under the sun. So that means that if you want to know the end, you have to know the beginning. That means that history repeats. That also means that prophecy repeats over and over and over. For example, Moses and Aaron standing before Pharaoh and the ten plagues is a picture of the two witnesses standing before the Antichrist in the last days. But we'll talk about that another time. The Antichrist must be a king that is mentioned in the Bible. That's what Ecclesiastes 1.9 is saying. So you do not have to look for anyone that is not already mentioned in the Bible. He, that's what Ecclesiastes 1.9 is saying. He must be someone mentioned in the Bible. Specifically, he has to be a king in the Bible. Well, not to worry, the Bible actually tells us what king it's going to be. The beast, the Antichrist, arises from the bottomless pit. One of the ten kings from the beast of the sea, 
which was wounded and his deadly wound healed, and he possesses Lucifer in the mid-trib. That's what I'm about to show you. Revelation 13.1. Now, in all of uh, Revelation, there's only 33 times where the word, well, actually 33 verses where the word beast is found. There is actually only two beasts in Revelation that at least we're concerned with. Two beasts. Antichrist, false prophet. Antichrist, false prophet. I'll show you. Revelation 13.1. Now, this is talking about the rise of the final world government. But that's not the point of it. The point of it is to show us who the Antichrist is and where he comes from. Watch. In Revelation 13.1, it tells us who the beast is. If you jump down to Revelation 13.15, in the blue it says, The waters which thou sawest are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So when it says sea, it's referring to people. Keep going. Having seven heads. So this is a world government rising up out of the people, not the religious side, but the political side is what it's saying. Having seven heads. Now, I believe that means that they're taking the seven continents and divide those seven continents into ten global regions. Each global region has a ruler. And one of those, is what it's about to say, is going to become the Antichrist, the beast. Having seven heads, seven continents, and ten horns, divided into ten global regions, and upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy, means each one of these ten global rulers will blaspheme God, means that they actually attack, verbally attack God. I saw one of his heads, meaning one of those ten global rulers. Now, that does not mean he is wounded in the head. Please don't get that confused. Some people do. He, he doesn't tell where he's wounded. doesn't tell how he's wounded. It simply says one of those ten global region rulers is wounded. One of his heads is wounded to death. It does not say whether he dies. It's just say that he's wounded to death. Now, it probably, since he's trying to be Jesus, probably he'll die for three and a half days to try to represent what Jesus did. And of course, we know that Jesus actually died three days, but that, look for that to happen, okay? One of his heads, as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. Now, that means that he'll either come back from the dead, I believe that's what will happen, or he will appear to come back from the dead, one or the other. And all the world wondered after the beast. Now, you look at that word wonder, that's really, really big. That means that the whole, whole world's mesmerized. They're shocked. They're amazed. They're dumbfounded. This guy, so apparently, this Antichrist is wounded in such a way to where the whole world sees it. The whole world sees that he is dead, but all of a sudden he comes back to life. That's key. Remember that because we're going to talk about that. Wandered after the beast, and they worshiped the dragon, the devil, Lucifer, the dragon, which gave power to the beast, and there was given him a mouth speaking great things. That's not good things. That's very, very bad things. Right now, throughout the world, you don't see anybody really openly badmouth Jesus. Jesus Christ by name. They take his name in vain a lot, but no one that I've ever seen actually openly begins to speak really, really bad about Jesus by name. This guy will. That's what it's saying. He will have a mouth that's going to blaspheme everything in heaven. God, his tabernacle, the Bible, church, People, uh, saints of old, saints are in the Bible. He's going to talk very, very bad about the Bible. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power to the beast, and there was given him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Power was given him to continue 42 months. Now, that's a real big key. 
Because what I'm about to show you is that Nebuchadnezzar will arise from the pit. He will appear to be the greatest man on earth. Probably he'll have olive-colored skin, so says Ken Peters and another lady, which I plan to introduce to people that listen to the Prophecy Club here soon. And this beast that rises out of the pit in the middle of the tribulation is when he is either killed or appeared to be killed. And at that time, that's when Satan is cast out of heaven. I'm going to talk about that. That's when he changes from being the beast to being the Antichrist because it is Lucifer himself that will set on the Ark of the Covenant, commit the abomination of desolation, and require, of course, the Antichrist, or excuse me, the, inter, the image of the beast requires all people to worship the guy that sets on the Ark of the Covenant. That's the uh, abomination of desolation. Let's go on. Power is given to him to continue 42 months. So that tells us 42 months, that's time, times the dividing of time, or three and a half years. So that tells us when this happens. The abomination of desolation takes place in the middle of the tribulation when this beast is killed and Lucifer inhabits his body. Let's go on. The second beast is the beast or the false prophet that arises from the earth. The first one arises from the pit. The flesh part of him arises from the pit, and he is one of those ten global regions, uh, rulers. The second one arises out of the people, meaning the first one is political. The beast, the Antichrist, is political. The second one is going to be a religious. This is the false prophet. Revelation seventeen fifteen: the waters which thou sawest are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Revelation thirteen eleven: and beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Let me make sure certain you understand here. So the Antichrist, the beast, Nebuchadnezzar arises out of the bottomless pit. In the middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist will come down. Here I've got a chart here to try to help you to explain. Top left corner, first thing we've got to look at is Ecclesiastes 1.9 again. The thing that hath been is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. There is no new thing out of the sun. Meaning, the Antichrist must be one that was in the Bible, a king that was in the Bible. And I'm going to give you my, my case here, why I say it's Nebuchadnezzar in a second. So Nebuchadnezzar ascends out of the bottomless pit, and probably before the tribulation, he is already there. He's probably alive right now, in my opinion. But at the, end, but at the beginning of the tribulation, when that's when the mark of the beast is introduced. It's not required until the middle of the tribulation. All right, so then in the middle of the tribulation, that's when Lucifer, the that old serpent called the dragon and Satan, is cast out of heaven. That's where he is right now. He's accusing the brethren day and night. If you look at the scripture below, it explains it. Revelation 12, 7. And there was war in heaven. This takes place in the middle of the tribulation. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was a place found any more in heaven. So, the dragon is cast out. And the dragon was cast out, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now has come salvation, and the strength and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, for he knoweth that he hath but a short time. So, the beast appears before the tribulation, but he moves into power as one of those ten global rulers in the beginning of the world government, the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. But in the middle of the tribulation, he's killed. 
the Lucifer, the devil, the dragon, then inhabits his body, sets on the Ark of the Covenant, and that's the abomination of desolation. That's what we're looking at. Now, here's my case for why I say Nebuchadnezzar will be the beast, the Antichrist, the political figure. First of all, the king of the first world government was Nebuchadnezzar, and I believe the king of the last world government will once again be Nebuchadnezzar. That which was is that which shall be. History repeats. Nebuchadnezzar was the greatest scholar, a secular world government king. He was the head of gold. He is the central theme in chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 of Daniel. He is the stump that returns to life. God showed him more miracles than any other king in the Bible, trying to get him to accept the God of Daniel. He did not. I will show you. Some of the miracles were God showed him four children that were ten times smarter than all of the other people in his realm. Daniel told uh, the king his dream when no one else could. That wasn't enough to convince him. Then he turned around and did something very stupid. He made a golden statue and required all people to worship it. Of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship it, and they were protected from the fire. The tree prophecy of Daniel chapter 4 repeats in the tribulation during the final Roman Empire. He is the only secular king that wrote an entire chapter in the Bible. Shocking. Go check it out. He did. Matter of fact, I have another uh, video like this out on the Internet, and I cover chapter 4, and I'll show you all about that. Go, go watch that one. Let's move on, though. He was showing more, more miracles than either king in the Bible. He was given a beast heart for seven years. My belief is that Nebuchadnezzar will be the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit. If Nebuchadnezzar had accepted the God of Daniel, as a lot of people believe, because they misunderstand, they read that scripture lightly. But again, you've got to stay with King James. And in my opinion, if you've not memorized the scripture, then you don't fully understand it. And I'll even say this, just because you've memorized it doesn't necessarily mean you understand all that's in that scripture either. It's not until God opens by revelation by his spirit do we truly understand it. So anyway, if Nebuchadnezzar was accepted, uh, had accepted the God of Daniel, he would have called Daniel first to interpret the dream rather than last. Here's what happened. This was Nebuchadnezzar's letter to all the people people after his mind came back. So Nebuchadnezzar, he writes this letter to all the people. Remember, he'd been a, a beast, acting like a beast, uh, nails like uh, uh, bird's claws and hair like eagle's feathers for seven years. So now he comes back. So he wants to let everybody know he's back, he's okay. He writes a letter to all people. Nebuchadnezzar the king to all people, nations, and languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. He's trying to say, I'm back. I'm okay. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house, and I saw a dream which made me afraid. And I made a decree, and I called the magicians. We'll skip part of it. And they did not make known unto me the interpretation, but at last, that's my point. Why didn't you call Daniel first? If he'd accepted the God of Daniel, he would call Daniel first. But instead, he called Daniel last to interpret the dream. Here's another point. Nebuchadnezzar did not accept the God of Daniel more reasons. In Daniel chapter 4, it says, At last Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar. Well, Belteshazzar, if you look at the bottom, is actually correctly pronounced Belshazzar, and it means favored by Bel. Now, if he had accepted the God of Daniel, he would have said, but at last uh, I I called Daniel in, whose God is my God. But he didn't say that. He said, but at last I called Daniel before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of 
my god. Well, Belshazzar is named after the god Baal. So he's saying, it's not my god, that's Daniel's god. If Daniel's god had been his god, he would have said, and at first I called in Daniel, whose god is my god. He didn't say that. I'm telling you, uh, Nebuchadnezzar did not get saved. Nebuchadnezzar referred to Belshazzar, or Daniel, saying he was named after his god. Then we go to Daniel chapter 4. Normally, if you're a Baptist, your children could be Baptist. If you're a Muslim, your children could be Muslim. That's the way it typically works. Seldom is it that we get out of that channel. Where in Daniel chapter 4, this is talking about Belshazzar. This is the son of Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar the king made a great feast with thousands of lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, out of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, and the kings and the princes and the wives and the concubines drank in them. They drank wine, here it is, praise the gods of gold, silver. Now, if Nebuchadnezzar had accepted the god of Daniel, then so would his son, and this would have never happened. So that's my third reason to say Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar never accepted the God of Daniel. Did not happen. Because here's his son praising the gods of gold, silver, brass, iron, and wood, and stone. Consequently, the kingdom was taken away from him. So Nebuchadnezzar never, even though God tried to get him to see him, he never accepted the God of Daniel. Okay, so how do we know that Nebuchadnezzar actually arises again and comes out of the, the pit to be the beast out of the pit? Well, Daniel 4, 14 to 16 says, And he cried aloud and said thus, Hew down the tree, nevertheless leave the stump, stump of his roots. Okay, now hold on. Anybody who's ever cut down a tree will tell you, you go, go ahead and cut that tree down. It don't make any difference whether you cut it down a foot above ground or down to ground level. You cut off a tree and leave the stump of the roots in the ground and it will come back. Well, this is actually saying that he's going to come back. Yes, 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 I know. You're saying, yes, well, his kingdom did come back after seven years. But I'm going to show you the very words that will prove to you that's not only what it's saying. He's going to be there in the last days. Watch. So he cried aloud, saying thus, Hew down the tree, nevertheless leave the stump of your fruits in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass. Okay, hold on, hold on. What's the iron and the brass? Well, we know that iron is the Roman Empire. We know that brass is the Grecian Empire. So in that it has a band of iron and brass, it's not just saying Nebuchadnezzar comes back from being the beast, eating grass and having nails like bird's claws and hair like eagle's feathers. It's saying that literally he's going to come back in the time after the Grecian Empire, during the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire as a world government is the fourth and final world in a government, and that's the empire that we're soon to see come on the scene, meaning that is unfulfilled prophecy. In the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts of the, gra- beasts of the field. And let seven times pass over him. Let's skip the verse here. His portion be with the beasts and the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man, so let a beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. Someone sent me an email and said, you want to tell me, book, chapter, and verse, where it says the tribulation is seven years? That's where I sent him. I said, because if you understand that the whole point of Daniel chapter 4 is to show us who the Antichrist is 
and how long the tribulation lasts. He's given the beast's heart for how long? Seven years. It's saying that he is the Antichrist for seven years. No, wait, 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 Stan. Didn't you just tell me that he dies? Yes, but you remember the man in the Gadarenes? Remember, and he says his name was Legion, for we are many. So the same body can inhabit more than one spirit. And I believe when he dies, that's when Lucifer comes in. Doesn't mean that the beast is kicked out. Probably Nebuchadnezzar is still in there too. There's two people in that body. Let's go on though. Then we got, jump to Revelation 11, 7. It says, and when they shall have finished their testimonies, talking about the two, the two witnesses, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit, there it is, that's Nebuchadnezzar. The beast that thou sawest was and not shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. That's Nebuchadnezzar. What's in the bottomless pit? Deported souls. Then you'll, let's skip on that verse. Let's go to Daniel 7, 19. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, his nails of brass, which devoured breaking pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. So here we see once again, in the fourth kingdom, the Iron and brass is there, meaning that this is a Grecian empire, this is a Roman empire, and this is when this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, shows up. He didn't just return from just eating grass. He's going to be there in the last days. That's what it's saying. One more reason. If you look at Ezekiel 26, 7, and Daniel 2, 37, you see something very unusual. In the King James Bible, you only find three words, king of kings, together six times. These are five of those six verses. The first two verses say king of kings, referring to Nebuchadnezzar. The last three verses say king of kings, referring to Jesus. In the entire Bible, brothers and sisters, the entire Bible, that's it. So either Jesus is king of kings or Nebuchadnezzar is king of kings. That's what the Bible is saying, meaning Nebuchadnezzar is going to be the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit. He's going to be the Antichrist because it's saying Jesus is king of kings. Well, what does Antichrist mean? It means in the place of Christ. So it, more than anything else, those scriptures right there prove to you, Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to be the Antichrist. Now I'm going to show you that Daniel, the first seven chapters, does prophesy about the last seven years. Let's go to Daniel 1.1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Got that? Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came this Nebuchadnezzar. That's right, our guy, the Antichrist, the beast. I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there, but I really encourage you to get this particular gift offer, Daniel verse by verse and Revelation verse by verse. If you're listening to this broadcast on a regular basis, you know that you've been called to be a watchman. You know that there's going to be a day that people that won't listen right now, that will be coming to you, and they're going to be asking questions. And you don't want to look like a dunce. You want to be able to give them the correct answer. So, as part of being a watchman, this is, how do I say this, an assignment for you. This is not just getting something for your entertainment. This is getting something so that you can explain, then they listen, then you lead them to the Lord. Here's what I recommend you do. Get both Daniel verse by verse, and Revelation verse by verse, and study it in detail so you can give an answer. So about Daniel, this is excellent. It's eight hours long, four DVDs, 441 slides, 350 pictures, 53 maps, 18 charts. It is, in my opinion, the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. 
and it takes some time. These DVDs will help you to understand Daniel. Then, Revelation verse by verse is four DVDs, eight hours, 612 slides, 212 pictures, 10 different charts. I promise I will show you how to understand Daniel and Revelation. When you have those down, pretty much the rest of it can all be figured out. But you have to have Daniel and Revelation. As a watchman, this is an assignment, brothers and sisters. You must have this. Now, normally, Daniel, $75. Revelation, $75. However, right now, you can get both of them. That's eight DVDs, 16 hours of teaching, so you can understand Daniel and Revelation. Get both of them for a gift of $75 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Or I can even beat that offer because you can go to watchprophecyclub.com, $20 a month, $200 a year, and you can watch them instantly. However, I do recommend on this one you get the discs. Prophecyclub.com. Get Daniel and Revelation verse by verse. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless.